good people? Welcome back to Love and Grit. I'm Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. Today's show is all about beautiful full circle moments that will remind you of Philly's legacy and music history and how the future couldn't be in better hands. We will speak to the mother of Black Music Month, media personality and media coach, Deanna Williams. Also joining us, the multi-platinum, love-dealing, genre-bending, super songwriter and singer, Pink Sweats. Oh yeah, folks, we're doing it big this week. But first, around the Philly phase, what are we doing, Justin? Your favorite rooftop bar in Philadelphia. Can I go first? You always go first. Why she always ask? I, I, I want to be gracious and polite and all that good stuff. For sure, I'm going with Philadelphia W Hotel's Wet Deck. They have a real fancy solstice event, a lot of fun. And mm. I must, must mention Liberty Point on Delaware River waterfront. Always that sneaking is a, another one in. Well, I had to. I went to the ribbon cutting and it's amazing. It's the Isn't largest it? yeah. restaurant basically in PA. You can be inside, outside by the water. This is a wonderful new attraction. That area is already a tourist hub and bustling, you know, for locals. But this is one more spot that just makes it magnificent in that area, for sure. I want to say I'm totally overwhelmed by this category because to me, Philly is the rooftop city before everybody else. I mean, outside of that city, we won't mention up north. But that being said, uh, I thought she was um, trying to get out of it. I'm like, how are you not going to mention? No, Wait a minute. I, I would. I just I really got excited about this category because yeah, I was like, we, we did this. Like, we, you this know, is a good one. we did this. So I'm going to say the Kimmel Center and I'm going to say the Kimmel Center because oh. not only have I been there for some amazing events, some nice, you know, hoity toity events, but like the Kimmel Center, because they do dope free events, too, and reception and they all got that bar open downstairs and then the other place connected, that rooftop deck is just beautiful. There's a lot of areas in that building that you can see the city that are just beautiful. So mine is Bach in South Philadelphia. It used to be a vocational high school. And you get this amazing expansive view of the entire skyline from the side and a beautiful sunset. And it's just a great place to be. Yo, I, I went like to that. some parties. I went to some parties on that. She has some memories. Listen, shout out to Questlove. You know, yes, it's, yeah, Bach is awesome. And, and on the inside too, with all those dope businesses. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, 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 yep. I'm sorry, I'm, we have a show to do. No, let's do this. Let's keep it real. There are a lot of remarkable things in people born and bred in West Philadelphia. However, there have been few to provide the levels of beautification and innovation to songs like the likes of what comes from Pink Sweat's Touch. I mean this from a musical and visual perspective. I mean, really, just listen and watch. One click to play any selection from his catalog will take you away to a place, some different places, but somehow, no matter the topic, he implements this beautiful love element. fact that he has no problem beaming about the love of his life and I quote now every song I write is about her just adds to the love we have and you are about to have for our Philly boy Pink Sweat. Speaking of your fiance I just watched the engagement video on people.com Hey (laughs) You guys are a big deal AJL She right here she can't hear y'all Oh hey Ah! JL 
Hi. Hi. Oh, she's cute. We were teasing my husband who was helping me get some of my tech set up. And I said, how come you don't talk about me like that? Like it was like he did when you were 25. They're a young couple still. That's how you still talk about your love. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably right? facts, though. That's probably super facts. Like we still young. So we ain't <laughs> had the trials and tribulations yet. I really wanted to get into your Philly story because I feel like in all the press and stuff, people, they don't even think to ask about your Philly roots. Like what school you went to? Did you do the open mics in the city? Like, can you just talk about yourself in relation to Philly for a second? I went to a school called Morton McMichael from pre-K to sixth grade. And I will not tell you a lie. Like that place defined a lot of who I was up until then which is crazy because I was so young. But I moved from there to another school when I was in seventh grade, and it was called Benjamin Franklin Elementary. And I went to high school in Samuel Fells. So mind you, every school that I'm naming, these are horrible schools at the time. It was rough. Once I moved, you know, the Will Smith story, like my parents, they moved me to the suburbs in Jersey when I was in 10th grade. And by then, I'm like, wait, people live like this? And that was like another part of my life that was like a huge transition. It was like a culture shock. I was just so uncomfortable. I was like, yo, like nobody going to fight. We about to just sit here and learn all day. Like, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) So what were you musically, though, in school? Like, where was your head? I was doing no music until I moved to the suburbs. Because all my schools, they really were starting to pull music programs. because Right, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't even know that I really liked liked music. I knew that I liked going to church and playing the drums. But when you're young, you don't really understand that you like music. And then also my parents are very strict, so I could only listen to a a niche piece of music, which is like when you're young and I was a rebellious kid. So I'm like, I'm just not going to listen to no music then if I can't listen to what I want to listen to. So when I moved to the suburbs, my eyes, ears, everything was open. I started seeing music all the time because you see people walking around like shirts that got these weird names on it that you're not familiar with, like Metallica, ACDC. Like, what the heck is that? Like, let me look this up. And I would listen to that for whatever reason. My parents wasn't tripping about that. It would just send me down the loop of like, man. So then I had this teacher. His name was Mr. Traub. He was the music teacher at the school and Mr. Nick, both of them. And I would pretty much be skipping classes and like I would go to the music room. I would just be in there messing around on the computer trying to figure out how to make music. And I remember they would catch me in there all the time. And like, yo, just don't tell nobody like that we know you're in here. (laughs) Where did the inspiration for music come from? Why did you want to learn it? Was it just because you were into it? Is your family musical at all or what pulled you to it? Every time people ask me this, I start to realize more and more things. Good. So I feel like for Isn't me, it funny I, when you like talk things out, you're like for the first time, you're you're like, oh, I never right put now. this all together. You're also 30 and this therapist. is a part of it. So, yeah, come on. Yeah. Y'all like yeah. my therapist right now. So <laughs> I think for me, hindsight, I realized that I had a lot of trauma that I didn't really know was trauma. Just being in a, this harsh environment all the time and being like I was depressed as a kid and I didn't know but I just felt like really hopeless all the time like dang everywhere you look what am I doing like is this life people dying around you all the time 
I remember feeling depressed for a long time. And even when I went to high school in the suburbs, I wasn't really like trying to be social because I was just still thinking in fear. That's all they used to tell us in school. Like they be sending people from jail and stuff. It's like these are the statistics of your life. Mm-hmm. You, you're a black young man. You're going to be locked up or in jail. So I, once I realized I like music, dude, it opened a portal from like my heart to my mouth. Things that I would never say to anybody. Like honesty, that song that I wrote. Baby, I'm afraid to fall in love. Like I would never say that to somebody. Right. Who would you say that to? They, even if you said that to a friend or family, they'd be like, uh, but we all think those kind of things. Yeah, and, yeah like, but I can't say them. that. Have you ever had like, do you remember a moment when you were on stage or a performance and you were like, yes, I could do this every day or I want to do this, you know, for the rest of my life. Do you remember that moment for, you know, what type of performance truly meant something for you to you? Yeah, probably the first one as an artist. It was at a venue called Babies Are Right here in New York. And my manager and everybody, they just set up the show. I guess I didn't really grasp, like, the idea of a show. Like, I had did, like, little (laughs) things at church before, but it was never me. You know what I mean? It was, like, always other people involved. Mm. It was never just like, oh, everybody's about to be staring at me. So I ended up thinking, whoa, I'm so scared because I don't even know these songs and I don't know how to learn songs. Like, I didn't have a process of, like, anything. So when I showed up to the concert and it's, like, 300 people and I just released this little project and I'm like, yo, who are these people? Why they came here to see me? (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, well, now I just have to do it. So I get on stage and I started making mistakes, but nobody laughed. They were singing the words with mm. me. So it was like that's incredible. that euphoric feeling. I was it was like, more about the, like, the music. It wasn't about mm-hmm. the formalities. It was about the how they felt and how they made and them that feel. support. Yeah. In retrospect, it's funny as you talk about Philly, people don't understand. But people should understand that when you're from a city, people experience all different aspects of that city. Right. And one experience is different from other experiences. But I'm curious if you ever circle back to Philly and understood the legacy or the baton that you were picking up from all this amazing music that came from this city that you come from. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I was just talking to my brother about this. When you are at a certain status in life, you see things at different views. Mm-hmm. Like when I when we didn't really have a lot of resources and money and things like that, I saw that what I consider the real Philly because there's a lot more people dealing with that side mm-hmm. than the other side. So I'm like, hmm, this is all I know. So when I had the chance to leave, I was out. I'm like, yo, I'm gone. And then I remember I was going back to do a meeting with somebody and I'm in Center City and I'm like, people live down here? And then I walk in this guy's apartment and it's huge. It's like a penthouse or something. People live like this, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. I started to meet other important people in the city, especially through the music scene, where it's like you get the idea that Philly has always been a place where we're innovators. The whole neo soul movement, that's Philly. Mm-hmm. A lot of Motown people don't talk about. We was involved in that, too. So it's like the black excellence side of it gets lost in this era because it's a lot of displacement of people, a lot of misguided youth and things like that. But the rawness of what I do, I feel like it actually comes and is extracted out of the roots 
from being me being at ground level, seeing and feeling all these things and knowing that all my brothers and sisters are feeling these same things, but they don't have maybe the outlet to get it out. Mm -hmm. I've been afraid to fall in love or to be loved or all these things since young. And when I started thinking about it, I'm like, man, how many kids was fighting every day because they just wanted to be seen? I was that kid. You know what I mean? I wasn't a bad kid. My teacher would literally pull me to the side like, yo, you got a two parent home. You go home and you eat every day. I've met your father, your mother. You're not like some of these kids who the things they dealing with at home. And I know that they're going to. You're mimicking their actions. So you need to get it together. And I'll be like, man, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But I started to understand as I got older. I'm like, dang, I never met none of my friends' dads. So I started to look and I'm like, I have to touch my community. If nobody else wants to talk about love, mm. then I'm just going to be the only one. And I'll oversaturate the market. I don't care. I'll oversaturate I you with love. Yes, I will. I have to because we need it. Everybody needs love overall. The world needs it. And the thing that I literally woke up to was I was like, dang, I was sitting somewhere and a guy, he was like, yo, what you do? And I was like, oh, man, I make music, whatever. He's like, oh, you're a rapper? Hmm. I said, damn, people really hmm. think blackness is rap now. Mm -hmm. Like, y'all forget mm -hmm. that we made a music. lot of great music. Just you music. You about Stevie Wonder. <laughs> you forget about... Wait a minute. Know. This just makes me think of a connection. We were just talking about the connections with our um, next guest, Deanna Williams. And this conversation, Deanna, yeah. she would so appreciate as the mother of Black Music Month. Like, wait a minute. That is not the only one and done. Absolutely. She was one of the women that I ended up meeting with. She actually helped me with my public speaking. Just meeting people like that and realizing, like, I have this assignment on my life is yeah. to spread love. And I don't need to disrespect or knock anybody else for doing what they do. I just need to meet my people in the world mm -hmm. with love so that we can spread this message that you don't have to be a gangster or anything like that to make in some money. And you don't have to do that to be accepted because yeah. the real world is not like high school. And that's what I was always afraid of. If I make a mistake, everyone's going to laugh at me. Like people actually don't care. You've given a definition already because you've already spoken so much about love and you, you know, talked about that grit and especially in your younger years. But we like to ask every guest, what does love and grit mean to you? It's the name of the podcast, but as it relates to either your craft or your life or even what you know about Philadelphia, how would you describe love and grit? Say Philadelphia is love and grit. I think what I learned that we all are human beings and even people at their lowest, including all of us, all we need is a little bit of love and grit. Sometimes you got to give people that soft touch and a firm touch to say, hey, I believe in you. And then the other side is like, now go do it. You know what I mean? Now <laughs> Absolutely. Go get out there and make it happen. What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm headlining a festival in Korea. I love how you say it so offhand. Mm. I've already celebrated. Like, I've already been, like, so hype. And hype. I'm still hype about it because I'm like, dang, I'm from West Philly. From West Philly? And I never thought that, like, I would be doing stuff like that. So I'm like, man, this is crazy. That's, like, my first headlining festival. After that, I'm going on tour with Alicia Keys. The amazing Alicia Keys, I should Tell say. Tell them again. Oh my God. Yes. 
that's gonna yes. be awesome. I'm super can excited about that. Can I also commend you because not for nothing, it's a beautifully sad thing that what you are doing is brave because it shouldn't be, but how you are redefining what it feels, sounds, and looks like to be a black man. I just wanted to commend you for that. It shouldn't be a big deal. It shouldn't be like, but it, it is in a lot of ways. So yeah, I wish I wasn't alone. Honestly, yeah. I think about it all the time. I'd be like, damn, like. I You're not alone. I look to my right. I sometimes I feel as an artist in my position, even when I'm dealing with business with labels and things like that, I look around and I'm like, man, y'all not signing nothing that looks or resembles the reality of blackness. Yeah. Like everybody wants to push this thing that like where everybody thinks that when you say you do music as a black male, which is so crazy. I've like a right. hundred times out of a hundred. I've always, if anyone's ever asked me what I do and I said music, no matter what race or ethnicity, they've always asked if you rap, even if it's a bl another black person. Let me tell you something. You're kind of walking so they can run. This is what it happens when you're breaking a ceiling, when you're breaking through something. So I'm sorry that you feel like that, but you're doing this so that there can be more of you. That's what it is. That's that love and grit. I appreciate right. that for real. Yeah. Right. And we appreciate thank you. you. We thank you for taking the time to chat with us and for everything that you're doing and also being an ambassador for our city. I want to throw out to my city, man. I learned so much from Philly. I learned that you can do anything with the right people. <laughs> like literally everything I wanted to do that pops into my mind, I start putting it out into the universe, into the atmosphere, whether that's through me praying some days, I'll pray and I'm like, God, like help me do this. Or sometimes I just sit and I start waiting for things to happen because I know that my intentions are good. My mind is clear. My heart is pure. So I'm like, yo, when these things come to me, as long as I have a heart of service to other people, then it's gonna come. Deanna Williams is no stranger to love and grit. Why should she be? After all, she is the reason we call June Black Music Month. The reason that we celebrate Black people's contributions to something we can all agree we love the most. This is only a part of Deanna's legacy, as she has been a force in the music business as an activist, broadcaster, and celebrity media strategist for decades. Her genre-crossing connection and relationships to all in this community have led her to command many stages, whether it be being one of the most popular faces on TV One's Unsung, appearing on shows like The Breakfast Club, and most recently, commencement speaker for Klein College of Media and Communications at Temple University. And as you heard, she's even connected to our last guest, Pink Sweats. He had so many lovely things to say about you that you were not only encouraging, but really helped and mentored with his media coaching and just the support. He had nothing but kind words and really wanted to give you flowers. So we just wanted to make sure we shared that conversation with you as well. Thank you so much, Rachel. I am very appreciative when those things come back. You don't always hear them. So when you have the opportunity to receive them, you embrace them. As That's I do. so true. That's so very, true. I'm very proud of Pink Sweats. For those who don't know, Deanna is the mother of Black Music Month. She's one of the co-founders. She's the reason that we call June Black Music Month. Mm -hmm. However, she's also a media coach. So it's interesting that not only do you have this history of knowing the history and being a part of the history, but you're continuously reing up with these new artists as well. Most people who come from your world and your time, they don't do that. So can you talk about this interesting position that you're in and 
I don't want to say the privileges that come with it, but just the insight and the things that come with it. Yeah. It, for me, is a distinct honor to work with a lot of the Philadelphia artists. I have coached and been involved with Meek Mill, with Bree Steves, well, Jill Scott, if we want to go way back. And also I've worked with PMB Rock. I've worked with Dre and Vidal. So I'm very inculcated in the music community in Philadelphia, also as a past president of the Recording Academy, the organization that's known as the Grammy organization, where I am still on the board and a very active member of our music community. So it is thrilling and wonderful when I get to see the people that I've worked with elevate, further their climb, and know that I had just a little, little something to do with it. It's heartwarming. I'm a good and grown woman with grown kids. I'm a nana. I have a seven-year-old grandson with Luke Gamble. He's Sunshine. A, he's so cute. Yes, thank you. He really is. He's my heart. He came, I delivered the commencement exercise at Temple at the Klein College of Media and Communication, where I'm also on the board. I'm on a lot That's of That's awesome. Yes, and he was there. They, the last couple of years, they've had like national newscasters do that. That's amazing. Yeah, no, that says lovely. a lot. It was a wonderful opportunity. And I'm on the board at the Klein College of Media and Communications. So for the dean, Dean David Boardman, to ask me to deliver the commencement speech, but to know that my grandson was there in the Leah Cora Center, able to see my son, Khalif, sent me a picture of Luke looking up at me on the jumbotron. It was a, a moment of pride, not just mm-hmm. because it's my school where, you know, my alma mater, where I am on the board, but the opportunity to speak to young people who are coming out into our greater community to make their marks, their contributions. But to see my little grandson, see his Nana, he's a very smart, insightful young man, third generation Gambles, mm-hmm. Kenny Gamble being my ex and co-partner in the establishment of June Black Music mm-hmm. Month. We're about to celebrate our 43rd year. So beautiful. So, Do yeah. you have something on your mind this year specifically about June Black mm-hmm. Music Month? What are you yes. thinking? Well, I'm thinking that I am producing the uh, PNC Bank Arts Live Stage on the Avenue of the Arts South near the Kimmel Center. And I have put together a magnificent lineup, principally of African-American Latino artists to celebrate Black Music Month. But we are about diversity in Philadelphia. And we are the city of brotherly love and and sisterly affection. Mm -hmm. And that includes everybody. And so we've got uh, Zena Zoe and her band. She's a very talented rock artist. But, you know, we know that rock also originates from Black folks. We don't always get the credit for that and the acknowledgement of it. But thank you, Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, who have cited the Muddy Waters and the Little Richards and the Bo Diddleys and the great artists that contributed to the establishment and growth of rock music as well. So June 25th, on the Avenue of the Arts, as part of the Welcome America Festival. I'm producing that stage from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And it'll include Emmy Award-winning artist Bill Jolly, also rated art, Marcus John Bryant, Natasha Scrivens from WRMB. She will be hosting that stage. We've got DJ Touchtone. And an interesting thing, mm-hmm. it's the 10th anniversary of Philadelphia receiving the Guinness World Record for the world's largest soul train line. Train line, yes. So we are also acknowledging that 
event that took place in our city. We're going to go back for the record again at some point, but we are recognizing our 10th anniversary. And in doing that, you're also recognizing the importance of soul and reminding people the importance of soul train to black music as well. Of course, Laya. And the song was written by Kenny Gamble. Right. Two of the architects of the sound of Philadelphia with their Philadelphia international record. They are celebrating their 50th. They're into their 51st now, but we are recognizing 50 years of Gamble Huff and Tom Bell architects of the sound of Philadelphia great ambassadors of our music from the city of Philadelphia worldwide and 50 years plus of partnership. That's amazing. So we will be celebrating that and the 10th anniversary of Michael Jackson's transition. Can I say something? You mentioned at least four or five stages in this conversation, right? You talked about Temple Stage, the Soul Train line, and you talked about Black Music Month and even some of the folks that you've coached or mentored. And while you were speaking, it just made me think about visibility, the the visibility that you not only have, but what you're giving to other people. And with visibility, how that leads to equality. I think about that from a global diversity perspective and just the mark that you're making and helping others. It's transformative. It's just amazing for our city, but for just the music scene. And that's huge. That's huge. Well, thank you, Rachel. Coming from you, it's a compliment because you are very aware of the landscape. You know, it's interesting. I was born in New York, in Queens, raised as a small child in the Bronx, Boogie Dan Bronx. And then as a teenager, I lived in Harlem, which is considered by many to be a mecca for Black folks culturally. So that's my combination. However, some years ago, my mama informed me that I was conceived in Philadelphia because my father was in the Navy, stationed at the Navy Yard. So I was like, mama, when did you think you, I mean, find time to tell me. So- uh, You're originally a Philadelphian, finally. I am originally. We knew. We knew. We claimed it. Thank you. And yes, and I claimed it too before I knew it was official. So I made my point of entry spiritually, physically (laughs) in Philadelphia. So I am a Philadelphian. Some good TMI. See, that's that love and grit. She she just, you know, she tells a little bit more about the love part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I'm sure there was grit involved. Stop it. Stop that. Where are we going to go there? Wait, can I build on (laughs) Justin asked a question, but I kind of want to ask it too again in a different way because he asked you about what's on your mind. But I'm curious because we're 43 years into Black Music Month. What is on your mind when it comes to Black music, its progress, its evolution, its representation? Like, what's on your mind? Well, what's on my mind is I hear and see the melding of genres more than ever before. You know, we've got hip hop soul, we've got rock and R&B. I have several clients now that are country artists, yes, you African-American do. country artists, because I worked with the Zach Brown Band, Sonia Lee. In fact, during June Black Music Month, I am moderating a panel for the CMA Fest, yes. which is a huge event wow. in Nashville. And I'm moderating the panel for Amazon Prime on the film For Love of Country, which features Black artists this new crop of the Jimmy Allens, 
the Britney Spencers, the Mickey Guytons that are just dominating in country music now. You have a lot of people who are not happy about it. Those are people who are racist. But then the people who are embracers are embracing this new crop. And, you know, country music, all music, it's for everybody. It's Black music. Its origins Mm -hmm. are in Africa. And it's spread throughout the diaspora and has been interpreted by different groups of people, including Black people. So to me, if you have a pulse and a level of appreciation and you are Asian or white or anything other than Black, Black music is for you as well. And your daughter, she's an artist as well. My daughter, Princess Idea Gamble. Yeah, Princess Idea Gamble. Her album was produced by her father, Grammy award-winning producer, songwriter, architect of the Sound of Philadelphia, Kenny Gamble. So yes, Idea Gamble, a singer-songwriter. So much talent in this city. And there has been, think about it, we were the first capital of the United States, not nation capital, Washington, D.C., where Laia is from. I'm sorry, Laia. We were first. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just saying, Philly was first and we were the first capital. (laughs) So considering the Black population that existed at that time, which was quite numerous, Black music was big in this city and it was played not just for Black constituents. It was the premier music and some of the top musicians right here in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So we have a long storied history mm-hmm. of Black music and its achievements right here in Philadelphia. Also, the National Museum of African American Music in Nashville, Tennessee. It is in the heart of downtown Nashville. I am on the board. Laia is also part of a board group called the Music Industry Relations Collective. In mm-hmm. fact, last year, Laia hosted all of our major events at the museum. Laia and I curated an exhibition of her father, Ron St. Mm-hmm. Clair's work. Laia has some beautiful pantsuits on. Yes, she did. Yes, I remember. Yes, yeah. yes yeah. I, remember the, I remember. I remember the I remember. wardrobe. And it should be mentioned that that museum is the only museum in the country that represents all Black music. And that's why all it's genres. so special. All, all genres. genres. Everything that we've contributed right, yeah. to this thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of Philadelphia stories even in that museum as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Men, the Roots, Jim. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're correct about that. Boys to Men. They were the first diamond artist to receive mm-hmm. that new level in yeah. the music industry. Boys to Men have sold in excess of 10 million units. And they're still together and they're stronger than ever. They had a residency in, in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Listen, Adam Blackstone. Listen. From- from New Jersey, Philly, Delaware. You see him on the Oscars, the Tonys, mm-hmm. the Grammys. Adam is of us. Yes. So we have a lot to celebrate in our mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Lots of talent, lots of excellence. And I love that everyone still stays connected. Like the fact that Adam Blackstone will be at a DJ Active Chill Vibes events or wherever else. It, they never become too big for our city, our region, our folks. We won't let them, nice. Rachel. It's a part of Philly. We will not yeah. let you get too big. We will remind yeah. you. <laughs> and we're very proud of Amir Questlove. <laughs> yes. And Thompson. Amir Questlove Thompson, as you know, just won an Oscar for his yes. incredible documentary, Summer of Soul. Yeah. I happened to be there. I was a teenager living in Harlem. I went to see Sly and the Family Stone. First time. at. So what was it like for you to see the movie he produced? Because it's so good and you were there. So I'm dying to know what you were thinking. Yeah, I was living for every moment of it because I was there. I was young, but I was there and it took place in Mount Morris Park, my community, where I went all the time. Mm -hmm. So it just resonated with me in a tremendous way. So it evoked childhood memories and also great pride. And because Amir was my intern many, many years ago. That's how I met him. 
Yeah. And to see Is that him how now. you guys connected? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I met, him at, I met mm-hmm. him at Deanna's music conference. Deanna used to throw the most amazing music conference, the International Association of African-American Music. And mm-hmm. yeah, one year he was an intern. The next year he was in the showcase. The next year mm-hmm. he did a, they did a tribute to Jazzy Jeff. It was like they grew as I, as I am grew. It was kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. But yes, I met him, to be specific, I met Questlove in the line of Deanna's penthouse uh, hotel suite where there was an after party for the gala and people were waiting in a line to talk to Stevie Wonder. Yeah, we honored Stevie Wonder and several She's been honoring Black music forever. Ever. Thank goodness. Thank Thank goodness. Thank you. And and, and also praise to Kenny Gamble because it was his original idea. He went to Nashville, saw what the Country Music Association was doing and said, you know what? Black music generates billions of dollars. People don't think of black music in those terms, but it is a business and it is one of America's greatest exports. Word, yes. And it is an indigenous art form to our country. We should be very proud. Black music is American music. It belongs to all of us. You have a pulse. It's yours. You've grown up hearing this music. You hear it on TV commercials selling everything from soap to cars, you who see it in television shows as the soundtrack, same thing with films, your dentist's office, in the supermarket, everywhere you've gone all your life, Black music has touched you in some shape, form, or fashion. And I wanna say for the positive upliftment of one's spirit. It is an elevated art form that needs to be regarded just like we see paintings or artwork from the great ones. Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, mm-hmm. Kenny Gamble, Leon Hoff, Tom Bell, the great ones. We need to view that as an American art form that is distinctly ours. All right, this is the last time that we're gonna tell you before we're live. We're gonna be live. Yeah. You ready, guys? The Ritz Picnic! Listen, can we talk about the fact that June has us booked and busy? I'm very tired of voices because I'm just forecasting that this is how I'm going to sound. I mean, between the the Roots Picnic weekend and then Rachel. June 5th, 2.45. Listen. Yes. Oh, say say it again. June 5th, 2.45. That's when we're on stage. Yes. And then, you know, of course, Rachel got us doing a whole workout in our good clothes at this golf event with these fraternities and sororities. I am so here for it. I'm so excited for all my single ladies and fellas to come and get connected on some beautiful type blackness. I just, I'm yes. here. Here. Yes. I'm here. And that is Monday, June 20th. We're closing out Juneteenth weekend. And this will be great for fun fellowship and fundraising. A uh, portion of the proceeds go to Cheney University, Lincoln University, and Community College of Philadelphia. So we are putting with a purpose at this golf outing. That's all I care about. I'm putting them a good clothes. People are good clothes. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to ride in the golf cart and we're going to play golf and then we're going to have a drink with us because you know when you play golf you got to have a drink. I'm, okay, I'm, okay. I I'm think with the whole show from the beginning talking about rooftop bars to the end yes. with a drink, you know what we need. So That's everybody right. go get a drink. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you at the picnic. Yes!